0: while creating a positive work environment. Drawing from her 10 plus years of leadership and hiring experience, here is your host, Jamie Van Kuyk.
1: Hello, Jamie Van Kuyk here, and welcome back to the Growing Your Team podcast. Today, I have on guest Poonam Saxena. Poonam holds a bachelor's degree in psychology and a master's in education. Throughout her 30 years of experience between teaching and volunteering in her children's schools, she implemented several procedures that benefited students and administrators within the school district. Poonam is a parent impact coach, podcast host of EDU Me, a published author, and a TEDx speaker. Her work focuses on bridging the gap in fostering stronger relationships between parents and schools by empowering students to become partners in their children's education. She has been recognized as Volunteer of the Year at Harrison School for the Arts and has received a key to the city in Lakeland, Florida. She has been featured in the magazines Podcast Movement, Shout Out Atlanta, Global Fluency, and Woman Who Podcast. She has also spoken at several main stage events, including the Passionistas Project, I'm Speaking, She Podcasts Live, and Podcast Movement's Virtual Summit. Additionally, Poonam has been featured on NBC's Atlanta & Company, CBS, ABC, and Fox. In her spare time, she enjoys running, cooking, reading, and spending time with her family. I met Poonam when we were both speakers at She Podcast Live this past October. And I immediately knew I needed to bring her on this podcast because of her talk on diversity. She brings up many important topics about how to think of diversity and get us out of the thinking of race and race first when we think of diversity in the workplace and really bring in the different categories of diversity that people face and how we can embrace them in our work culture and in our life. So through this conversation, we're going to talk a lot about diversity and also bringing in some of her expertise as she teaches parents how to empower and stand up for their children and how that is now reflecting in the workplace when employees are standing up for themselves and their rights as employees and not letting companies walk all over them anymore. So join us for the conversation and learn so much about diversity and employees standing up for their rights. Hi, Poonam. Thank you so much for joining us on the Growing Your Team podcast.
2: Thank you so much for having me, Jamie. I'm so excited to be here and speak to you and your audience. Yes, thank you. Can you
1: kick us off with telling everybody a little bit about yourself?
2: So I am the host of the podcast called EDU Me. And the main purpose of my podcast is to help break down the barriers for parents who are trying to figure out how to navigate school. And a lot of times parents have this preconceived notion that they don't have a voice or they cannot guide their children's education. And my goal is to help them understand how to do it and that their voice matters, not only in schools, but it matters to their children. And part of what is evolving from this whole path of mine is I get a chance to talk about different avenues of parenting. And one of the biggest avenues that I'm learning is the diversity in our classroom. And Jamie, I, I know I said this to you earlier, that diversity is my least favorite word in the English language, because it means that we are comparing and contrasting people based on on different categories or characteristics. So that is one of the avenues I'm finding very fascinating that I am evolving into and learning about. And I get to teach all types of people about it. But that's one of the avenues that I go go down. And the other avenue, which I'm gonna plug right here, is that I'm a brand new TEDx speaker where I spoke. Thank you. I was down in Ocala, Florida, giving my TEDx talk about the power of parent engagement and that that is more important than all the other things that we attribute to education. Yes. Not grades and you know curricula and all of those other things that we think are so important but it's really about how we parent and how we engage in our children's schools and how we teach our children.
1: Yes. I love it. As a parent myself, I feel like it's very important, you know, and with everything that that you talk about, like standing up for your kids and learning how to do it the right way. And I think the right way is so important where you can empower, educate, teach, show your children that they're valued is, is so important. And I feel like, as those kids become adults, it also like translates well into the workplace because it's helping to teach people that they are important. And I feel like we're seeing that a lot now with the workers and this, the great resignation and everything that's going on and people not wanting to work for certain jobs Where certain employers are like, I can't hire people. No one will apply. I can't find people. And it's like, well, people are starting to stand up for themselves. They're starting to say I'm worth more than that and i feel like that's so important because we should value ourselves and we should teach our kids from a young age to value themselves and it, as kids you can't always stand up for yourself to other adults so to have that power of the parents doing it for you because it really sets the the right standards for our children
2: absolutely and i also think that we have to change the cult we have to change the culture of our workplace because th- the new graduates and and our young professionals are not only standing up for themselves, but they're also not going to allow others to have to face the same fate. And so we have to really approach the business model from an employee happiness, contentment point of view versus this is what our goal is as a company and we only want those employees that are going to fit our model. We no longer have that luxury.
1: Right. And I think it's, it's changing a lot of things where I was recently having a conversation about a friend. Actually, um, you know, we met at She Podcast Live and it was a friend that I met up with right after the conference, actually in Arizona. And we were talking about diversity in the workplace. And you know, there's the studies that go that say diversity helps to increase profits in the workplace. But then as we were talking about it, she was like, well, there's actually some studies that show that it doesn't. And the funny thing is, the reasons why it doesn't increase profits in the workplace is because of the increased tension that diversity brings about. And it's all about saying, well, we hired people that fit this diversity checkbox but now we're not doing anything to make them feel comfortable or happy in the workplace. And there's people are at odds. So it must be that diversity doesn't work. And it's like, wait, wait, wait. No diversity in the workplace is more than a checkbox.
2: It's so interesting that you say that because isn't that what we do when we fill out a, any form, anywhere we go in the world, we have to put our name, our address, what race we are. And For the longest time, I mean, I grew up in rural Georgia. There were only two boxes, well, three. It was white, black, and other. And we were always other. Well, we finally have our own box now, which is very exciting, but it's, it's a definer that doesn't need to be there. And when we put those defining characteristics in the workplace, in intake forms, we are automatically defining how that person is viewed right and so your conversation with your friend diversity does not work if we're not open to being diverse and being encompassing and open-minded so you can check the box all you want but if you're not going to do anything about it then you've really not done yourself or that employee a favor have actually right. done harm to both. Right.
1: Yeah. Because putting people in a situation where they feel uncomfortable or they feel like they they have to fight or stand up for themselves constantly and they're not sure how to tread the waters there, especially if they're a newer employee, is,
2: is not a situation anybody wants to be in. And no one should be in it. Should they? No. You know, and, and we were talking offline before we started recording that- there are so many, there are four main categories that we automatically think about when we think of diversity. We think about race and sexual orientation, gender and age, but there's, there are four other, and I use categories, but there are four other ones that we don't really think about. And that's education and religion, nationality, and mental and physical ability. And we don't talk about those because we don't necessarily identify those people as different. Even though we do, we don't, we don't go in and say, your education makes you different than someone else. Now it does, of course, mm-hmm. but not in all cases. And the example that I use frequently is when we talk about education and you look at all those acronyms, You think someone's really, really smart. Well, that's great, but they're smart in that one little specific arena. And the most transformational person in our lifetime was someone who was a college dropout, and that's Steve Jobs. He literally changed the way we function day to day, and he is a college dropout. So those acronyms don't necessarily mean or equate to intelligence or change. It just means that they're, they've gone through the process.
1: Yes. I was recently having a conversation with a client of mine about whether to put the requirements of a college degree on a job posting. Because they're like, well, in the past, we've always done degree or equivalence. And when I wrote the job posting for them, their new one, I didn't put that on there. So like, wait, 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 this needs to be on there. And I'm like, does it? let's talk about that. Um, So we went about like, what does equivalence mean? How many years of experience does someone need to work to equivalent a college degree? And they couldn't really answer that. And they, I was like, well, why does a college degree matter? And does a college degree in something completely unrelated matter more than experience in a related field? And once we looked at that, we're like, oh, okay. They finally realized that Having a degree, a degree in anything, does not make someone a better candidate than someone else. And when we were able to take that off, because they said, "Well, how exactly will we also explain this to our team that this is something we dropped?" Because a lot of times when we introduce people, we talk about their backgrounds, where they went to school, and all this stuff. And I was like, "You talk about their their background. We're not hi- for this position. We weren't hiring someone entry level. So someone has to have experience. They have to had success." We're, talk about that success in the workplace, because that's what matters. Not that 10 years ago, they went and got a college degree that might or might not be in a related field that they might or might not be using. It's the experience that matters.
2: I would hope that when you're hiring, you're looking for someone who does have that experience. Mm-hmm. I mean, and if you're at my age, you know, I graduated from college 30 years ago. A lot has happened in my right. field in the last thirty years, and it doesn't negate the fact that I have the degree. It just means that the experiences that I've had are based off that third that degree thirty years ago, right? And so my experiences now far exceed what that degree st- stands for. Yeah. So I, I'm really impressed that you pushed back on that a little bit because i do think that we do this day in and day out without even thinking about it and we do it in all of the other categories that i listed as well you know we we talk about physical disabilities and we equate that with not being intelligent right Stephen Hawking's a pretty brilliant guy. And he was in his, a wheelchair for a long, long time. Yes. And I think it's one of those things
1: and it's, it's the biases, it's the stereotypes, it's the things that, that once we really think about it, we're ashamed of thinking about things that way in a lot of ways, but it's we this, it's that automatic assumption that if someone is in one of those categories, they are lesser. And we have to realize that just because someone has a disability, just because someone isn't college educated, just because the other categories doesn't mean they're lesser, doesn't mean they're not capable. And we need to look at people's capabilities to see if they're really the right fit versus these things that, that are like kind of the categories that we define people as.
2: Absolutely. And, and I love that you said the word that I, I do love the most right now and that's bias, because we all have them, regardless of how we approach life and think that we're not biased. Everyone's biased. I don't like eggplant. That is my bias. I just, I can't do it. But, but it doesn't mean I haven't tried it. I just want to go on record. But, but our, our biases are based on our, our life experience by the people we have grown up with or or surround ourselves with. And especially in this very divisive society that we're all backed into our corners trying to defend something, whether we believe it or not. Mm -hmm. We just know that, you know, my great uncle Jimmy over here believes it, so I probably need to, to believe it as well. And we have forgotten that we need to step back recognize that is a bias. educate ourselves and make a decision based on that right We will never we will never be bias free but we certainly can be more informed before we jump into a, into a pool yeah and and fight for something that we aren't hundred percent sure about. yeah I think that goes for employees it goes for employers. Everyone needs to just step back for a minute and reevaluate what they're looking for. Yes. Yeah. Like that's one thing
1: that I always take people through the employers when we're coming up with this idea candidate avatar that we're going to go and find during the job and during the employee search is we, I always ask a lot of questions of why, why is that important? Well, what does that mean? You know, what does that mean to you? And give me an example of, because there's sometimes we think that something's needed because of those biases, or we think that someone won't succeed because of the biases. And then when we talk about it, sometimes we find out that where that bias is coming from and we're like, okay, we can eliminate that. And then other times we find out what's actually important. So going back for, to the one client that wanted the college degree, that that was something they always use. One of the things that came up during that conversation was they. there's a lot of written communication that goes on with this position. They have found from experience that typically people that have gone through the college courses and have had college level writing classes and have had to do a lot of essays and stuff have better writing skills. And so that's one of the things that they said matters to them is the written communication. And I said, okay, but someone doesn't need a college degree to be a good writer. You're just using that as a measurement of a good writer. So how about we actually measure their written communication during the process instead of using this thing that could or could not mean that they're a good writer. Because there's te- there's people who've gone all the way through college that have very poor written communication skills, but they still managed to graduate college.
2: Agreed. And I know you and I both have um, witnessed that throughout our, our, our professional lives. You, you, you receive something and you're like, wow, really? You know, but, but you're right. And again, it goes back to the perception that X equals Y and it doesn't. A degree does not mean that you're well-versed or well-written or knowledgeable. It, it means that you know this one specific sliver of information. And when we're looking at hiring our employees, we don't want to just tick a box and say, yes, I have a diverse workforce. I, right. want, a, I, I want a diverse workforce that means that they're bringing in unique ideas and experiences that can make the, the company grow. Mm-hmm. Because if you're just ticking the box, you're doing, again, you're doing yourself no favors. But if you're going to bring in those ideas and and hone into them and evaluate them and even morph your own vision, then I think you can start to see success. And you also get buy-in from your employee. Yes. Yep. And that's a huge retainer right now in the in the workforce is retaining our employees. Well, How are we going to do that? We're going to do that by making sure they feel valued in their voice. Yes. Yeah.
1: So speaking of like that, like uh, so. With growing your team, we're still a very small company. It's yeah. myself and I have one employee right now. That employee, she's actually she's a part time employee, and she's actually she's leaving because she got a new full time position. And um, so you're
2: all, so you're looking for a new person.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I think at the time of this recording, I have found my new person. Okay, that hopefully <laughs> they will be getting ready to start by the time this goes live. But. One of the things, like she was, my employee was only working for me 10 hours a week and she was working a nine to five job. So I always knew it was a temporary thing. She was amazing, Mm -hmm. love her. She's going to do great things like throughout her life. And one of the things that, uh, reasons why she went to get a new full-time job was because she realized that she wasn't being valued as an employee and not even just like as an employee within the company, as a person. And with working together, one of the things she said is, she realized that with the way we interacted and everything that she could she should be valued not just for the work she produces but for who she is in the workplace and seeing she wasn't experiencing that in her 9 to 5 she's like it really motivated me to find a new 9 to 5 job where i would be valued so while i was so upset to lose her because she's amazing i'm just like i was so happy that you know she was standing up for herself and saying i should be treated better in the workplace people should value
2: me for me Absolutely. And women, especially women, especially I think we devalue our abilities and our strength and kudos to her for saying I want more for me, I can do the job, the job isn't the issue, but I also want to feel good about me when I leave at 5pm. Yeah. And it's interesting that you say that because I've, I just launched a book, my very first book called Parent Power and Navigate School and Beyond. and It is all about a normalizing parenthood, but it's also about empowering your child to feel supported and to be a voice for themselves by modeling it. Yes, And so it sounds like this young lady that you have, who is leaving you now, has found that voice mm-hmm. and many kids don't grow up with that. Many adults don't have that skill. You have unhappy people because they're, they feel like they're stuck. They can't yes. make that change. And I tell my clients all the time, you are not married to anything other than the person you're married to. Everything else is negotiable. The schools, the house, the city you live in, your work, everything else is negotiable. And you should not have to settle on those things. Yeah. Yeah. And it's one of those things when it
1: comes to hiring and having a team, as I always say all the time, is like people need to be happy in their place of work. And a person could be happy today, but things change in their life and they shouldn't feel stuck working for you. And like, um, I had a podcast episode before it was like, stop resenting your employees who leave you. They're leaving you for a reason. And if that reason is this is no longer the fit for them, let them go and find the person that it is the fit for, because it's not going to do you any favors to keep a person on your team and make them feel like they need to stay with you when they are not the right fit, when this is not the thing for them and they're not happy day in and
2: day out. And, and you really don't want someone unhappy on your team. Yeah. No one, no one wants a grumpy employee. You exactly. want people who are energized and excited to show up and, and deliver, bring those ideas to the table. And they do that when they're valued. And they also do that when they know they're cared for. Yep. Beyond the job that they're cared for. And like you said, you know, this young lady is leaving her job because she didn't feel valued, she didn't feel like a person. Our kids feel like that a lot. Yes, exactly. And and they're people and they deserve the same same opportunities as well.
1: Yes. Yes. Speaking of kids, there's something that I want to make sure we talk about today. And I feel like it's, to me, it was a story you shared when you presented it. She podcast live that I feel like it touches on a lot of the things we already talked about today, but it really stuck out to me. And I'm like, this is such a powerful story about being accepting of others that are different than you. Can you share with everyone the story about when you were a schoolgirl and the Bible?
2: Oh, yes. I I was thinking you were thinking of a different story, but absolutely. So my parents are immigrants. They came from India in the 1960s. And we moved to rural Georgia in 1970, which was during the civil rights movement. Everyone was being bussed all over the place. No one really knew what they were supposed to be doing. And then in plops this Indian family from India, but a lot of people didn't know that India was a country. So we were just kind of, we were the outcast, but many people thought we were Cherokee, which was really interesting because we didn't, you know, we didn't know about that either, but it was a learning curve. So our, in India, our family is Hindu in rural Georgia in the 1970s the Gideons would come to every fourth grade class in the county and they would hand out a red leather Bible, pocket Bible that had gold um, edging. It was a beautiful Bible. And so they came to my fourth grade class and I was sitting in the back of the classroom. I remember being in the last seat. It was my turn to stand up and you know, receive the Bible, and I told my fourth grade teacher. I said, "I think I'm okay. I appreciate it, but I'm I'm good." So I did not take the Bible that day, and I realized when we got on the playground that all of my friends were looking at me like, "What is wrong with her? Why wouldn't she take it? Like it's it's the Bible." And I'm like, "Well, okay." So went home that night to dinner and, you know, when you sit at the dinner table as a kid, every parent asks the same question, right? What'd you do at school today? And so mine did. And I said, well, nothing happened. It was good. Fine. Nothing. And (laughs) my father goes, so uh, they didn't offer you a Bible today at school and you just sat there and I'm like, oh boy. And, and I said, well, how do you know? And he said, the teacher called us. And he said, why didn't you take it? And I said, well, we're Hindu. So I thought out of respect for our religion and for you both that I shouldn't take the Bible. And I will never forget what they said next. They said, there's not one bad religion on this planet. Every religion teaches you to be a good, moral, ethical, compassionate, empathetic human being. You will not find any other theme other than that in each of the the seven religions. So taking the Bible is not a bad thing. It's just a different conveyance of the same message. And so the next morning, I woke up, got to school, got into class, and I had to walk from the back of the room to the front to the teacher's desk and pick up my Bible. And it's a lesson that I've carried all of my life. When you talk about understanding and learning compassion and empathy and wanting to create a more homogeneous society, we have to be willing to step out of our comfort zone to learn. And so I still have that Bible and I actually took a Christianity class in college and I've read the Bible. It's fascinating, fascinating. But my parents were right. It teaches you the same that Hinduism does and Judaism does and Buddhism does. It teaches compassion and empathy and understanding. And I think that's what we need to get back to.
1: Yes. Yes. I love that experience. Like when you shared it at she podcast live and thank you for sharing it here. Cause there's, there's really like so many important lessons there. And the most important is just cause it's different than yours doesn't mean it's bad. And I think that like going back to all the different categories of, you know, diversity that you shared just because it's different, doesn't mean it's bad. If you think about the different nationalities and difference races and all that. It's at the roots, everyone's still people. Yeah. Just because someone has a disability, they are still a person that could have the same goals and in, in the workplace. And so much, so much is the same as you. You know, they can still hold strong to that, that family unit, those family values, those morals. And differences aren't bad.
2: Differences are not bad. And I think the one thing that we, we have to direct our energy on is that every single one of us wants to be successful. Whatever success looks like, whether it's monetarily or socially or driving a car or having a family, whatever success looks like to you, everybody has the same goals and our path may be different. A physically an able person will have a different path than an able bodied person. A, a an immigrant is going to have a different path, but no immigrant leaves their home country for a less fortunate future. Everyone wants a better life. That's why my parents came. They wanted a better life. And thankfully, They have succeeded in what their dream was. So we have to be very cognizant that success is different to different people. And even when we're hiring people or we're looking at our employers, the success ideals need to align because when those don't align, we have a mismatch Mm -hmm. and neither is going to be happy. So that, that. Story I, I have just recently been able to share as I am doing more writing and more reflecting. And, it, and it's one of those pivotal moments in my life where you sit there and you go, immigrants who came to this country who were the only ones in the, in the entire community were able to step outside of the community that they were living in and the ideals that they had in, were instilled with. And still say, let's open our arms and be more free in the way we approach things. Yep. I think that's a, I think that's a, a path to success when we can all do that.
1: Yeah. Yes, exactly. And like the one of the things that I feel is really important about that is your parents taught you to be accepting of it and kind of learn and learn more about it. They weren't telling you, oh, you have to accept the Bible, read it, and become Christian in order to fit into the community. You didn't have to become Christian. You just had to be willing to accept it and take the opportunity to learn so you could understand where other people are coming from, what matters to them, their core values. And through that, you learn that a lot of their core values are similar to yours. You might have different belief systems, but the core is the same. And that's the thing with a lot of diversity and stuff in the workplace you don't have to necessarily change who you are and and become someone different to accept diversity in the workplace. You just have to be accepting of other people and be willing to learn what matters to them and have this give and take.
2: Absolutely. The the give and take is really important, especially as we are now in this This society of virtual living, you know, we all have different ways that we are learning and, and putting out information and getting our work done. You're going to see that we can still be as productive and as cohesive, and we don't all have to be on the same, in the same room, or we don't have to be on the same path. We can be on parallel paths and still make it work. And if the pandemic has taught us nothing, we've learned that.
1: Right. It is interesting. I was just having a conversation with my husband the other day about people like bigger companies. that are like remote work doesn't work. We can't do it. I'm like, hold on. I'm like, you did remote work because you had to put a bandaid on everything and we're counting down the days to get back in the office. No wonder why remote work doesn't work for you because you never made it work. You never accepted remote work into your processes and into how you're going to interact with employees. It was a temporary solution until you could get back to the office. But yeah, it's like remote work is here to stay and it's learning how to adjusted and that give and take and being what people need and building your business around those needs
2: It's very family friendly. I've been extremely productive during the pandemic. I've written a book you know I've done a TED talk I, I've been super productive but I but I wanted it to be productive. I didn't I worked really hard at it and I think those who adjusted, to it have been successful. Think about our children. Our children went from being in school one day to being at home for eight months to a year and still having to learn. If those, if those little guys can do it, we can do it too.
1: Right exactly. All right, I feel like we could keep talking forever, but yeah. we are coming to the end. So tell people how they can get in touch with you and how they can get your book, listen to your TED Talk, and I'm sure we'll include all the links in the show notes, but give people those links.
2: All right. Thank you. So you can find me at edu-me.net and my book Parent Power: Navigate School and Beyond is on Amazon for your audience, if they would like to purchase a book, they can go to my website. And from now until January 31st, I will give them 20% off of all EDUME merchandise. Awesome. How's that? Sounds great. A little belated holiday
1: gift. All right. So make sure you head on over to the show notes on growingyourteam.com to get that, that information so you can get that discount. Amazing. Thank you so much. All right. I love to wrap up with asking all my guests the same question. So we've all had leaders or managers that have stood out to us. Think of a leader or manager that has stood out to you. And can you share with us one thing that made them a
2: great leader? You know, you told me you were going to ask me this question earlier, and I've spent the entire episode thinking and thinking and thinking, and I'm I'm going to tell you that the leader, I have two leaders. And it's going to be my parents because they came to this country, not having any support. There were no other family members here. The other day at Thanksgiving, my father told my entire family that he came to this country with $8 in his pocket and a one-way ticket. And through their hard work, through their vision, through their desires, both of them have been successful in raising two children and showing us and modeling what good humans should be. They've kept raising the bar for us. As soon as we reached it, they kept moving it higher and higher. But I think if you're going to look at leaders, it's going to be my parents leading the way, not only from my brother and I, but for our entire extended family, because our entire extended family is around the world and they all lean on, on them. And I think that's, that's who I would be. I would call my leaders in life.
1: Yes, I can definitely see that. I know from a lot of the stuff you shared at She Podcast, like they were, they were great influences on helping you become the person that you are. And I'm sure they were great influences that have going into your parent power book.
2: Yes. They, there are some stories in there. I'll tell you that.
1: <laughs> yes. It's the thing I can't, as a mom, I can't wait to get my hands on it and, you know, be able to sh- read those stories and, you know, spread it with my, with my audience. Because everyone, I think is if you're sharing a lot of the stories that you shared at She Podcast plus more there's things in there that you need to hear, like, you know, great influences of your parents. of And then I, one of the stories I know you shared at She Podcast, I'm not sure if this is in there, of even times where they learned, where they, um, I think you were sharing the story about the gifted program and when you didn't get in and when they didn't stand up for you at that point in time because they didn't know, I think that they could, but then when they saw it happening to someone else, helping those parents stand up because they realize that things could be different if you stand up for your child.
2: Absolutely. And you and they come from a hierarchical society where you don't really stand up to those in power or those who have authority. So, it, you know, it's always a learning curve and I one of the things that I would like to leave your audience with is if you see someone who needs a hand who needs understanding, who needs some guidance, doesn't matter if they fall into a category of diversity or not, it costs you nothing to help them. And it benefits someone who needs your help more than you can imagine. And they'll be so much more grateful for that than the time that you took to do it. Yes. Exactly. All
1: right. Thank you so much for everything that you shared today and joining us on the Growing Your Team podcast.
2: Thank you so much, Jamie. It's been a pleasure. And that wraps up this episode of the Growing Your Team podcast.
1: Did you enjoy this episode? If so, and you have not done so yet, please subscribe to the Growing Your Team podcast so you can stay up to date on all the latest episodes and hear all the greatest tips from our guest experts on how you can grow your team so you can scale your business. And if you haven't done so yet, please consider leaving us a review. I would love to hear what you think of the podcast and your review will help other people decide if this is the right podcast for them. So once again, thank you for listening and be sure to subscribe and leave us a review.
0: Thank you for joining us for this episode of Growing Your Team with your host, Jamie Van Kite. Be sure to subscribe and head on over to growingyourteam.com to connect, access the show notes, and discover more ways to hire and leverage your perfect fit team.